Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Some years ago, I wrote a book on the Bride of Christ. I titled it The Wife of God. And if you're interested um, in that subject, you can find the book on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's available in Kindle and in paperback. But it's all about the Lord's relationship with mankind. Now, when I started to write the book, I didn't have a problem finding material uh, in the Bible. I actually had to decide which available material should I use. So I didn't make the book um, uh, longer than the Bible itself. And so um, one of the things that one of the uh, powerful scriptural paradigms that I did not use in the book comes from Psalm 45. And so Psalm 45 is a very powerful wedding song written some 3,000 years ago. The author is unknown. The occasion is uh, the wedding of a king. Uh, We don't know which king. It's believed by some scholars that it's specifically about the wedding of King Solomon. But prophetically, it speaks of King Jesus and the bride of Christ. In the New Testament, it is referenced in the book of Hebrews to prove the deity of Christ. And so this psalm is quoted as being about Jesus. And um, I'm not taking any um, uh, liberality with the scriptures by saying this is a messianic psalm. It's certainly applicable for Jewish kings that have gone by in uh, ages past. But it is more applicable, and the higher purpose is to speak of the wedding of the great king, Jesus, or put another way, as the New Testament refers to it in another place, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So let's read now Psalm 45. For the director of music, to the tune of lilies, of the sons of Korah, a maskil, a wedding song. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your awesome majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All of your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. 
The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her. Those brought to be with her. They're led in with joy and gladness. They enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. And so this wedding of the king, the language is magnificent. It begins with a very long prefix that um, at the tail end of the prefix designates it as a wedding song. And so if we were to read this in Hebrew, it would have a little more melodic ring to it than it does in English. But it opens with otherworldly praise for the king. And as I said, the New Testament applies this to Jesus. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace, since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. And so that phraseology reminds us um, as Christians of the wording in the, the book of Revelation, speaking of the Lord Jesus, being clothed with splendor and, and majesty and riding forth to administer justice to the earth. This um, The wording here is riding, so it alludes to a horse, of course, in, in the generation in which it was written. Now, verse 6 and 7 um, speak of this king, and verse 6 and 7 are specifically uh, mentioned in the book of Hebrews as applying to the Lord Jesus. So listen carefully first to verse 6 and 7. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. And so from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 8, we read, About the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. And so Christ's deity is affirmed within this uh, psalm, according to the, uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews. The king is clothed in magnificent garments. Verse 8, uh, back to Psalm 45, verse 8. All of your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of strings makes you glad. And then the bride is introduced in verse 9. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. And the gold of Ophir is mentioned frequently in the scripture as being the best, the most pure, the most sought after. So um, she's 
wearing gold adornments. And then the psalmist goes on to speak directly to the bride, saying that the king is not just her king, but her Lord. Verse 10, listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. And so this bride this, this wording reminds us almost of, of Esther. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. But then it goes on to say, he is your Lord. And of course, for the bride of Christ, Jesus will be our bridegroom, but he is also our Lord. Her garments, the bride's garments are mentioned and her bridesmaids are described, reminding us to some degree um, of more passages from the New Testament. The bridesmaids remind me of the the parable of the wise and foolish bridesmaids. Anyway, verse 13 from the psalm. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her, those brought to be with her. They're led in with joy and gladness. They enter the palace of the king. And so, friends, these garments, uh, her interwoven garments, um, embroidered and so forth, um, woven with gold, remind us of um, the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19, where the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. And then there's a mention of uh, fine linen, uh, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And so this um, adornment of the bride speaks to us of our relationship with the Lord in the days of our flesh and those um, decisions we've made in agreement with his will, those cause us to be adorned with what the Bible calls righteous acts that appear in the, the wording here as a garment for the, for the bride. Finally, the psalmist pledges his eternal devotion to the royal couple. He says, I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. And so we apply that, of course, to the king. But the destiny of the king, in this case, Jesus, is also the destiny of his bride. Lord, we, um, we thank you for this magnificent psalm. If it was written for an earthly king, it was certainly written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to proclaim a higher king and a higher destiny for the bride. Lord, may we be found among that bride. Lord, may we be part of the bridal company of Christ on that great day. May we recognize the Son. May we recognize our God who sits with a scepter of justice and righteousness over the earth forever. And we say, Lord, come quickly, Lord Jesus, for your bride. Lord, your bride is waiting, and it's been a long time. Come, Lord. Let the wedding begin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.